Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We're going to continue with Simon Yiralef, the 11th letter of the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten you with understanding. And we are going together on a deep journey into the idea of enlightenment, which means that a person has clarity of focus on the purpose of his life, on the mission of his life. We are explaining the last few shiurim that essentially what the Alter Rebbe is explaining over here in Simen Yeralef, which is the beginning of enlightenment, is essentially what he explained in chapter 36 in Tanya, which is that the purpose of this world is to make a dwelling place for Hashem in this world. And what does that mean to make a dwelling place? That means that in the beginning, Hashem created the world for one purpose, to make a dwelling place for Him and the Jewish people. And when was that purpose realized? When was that purpose beginning, when was the beginning of that purpose starting to be actualized? That happened the Matan Torah. Because everything that was created, from the beginning of Shemayim and Aretz, everything that was created, was created for one purpose. The purpose was the wedding of the Jewish people and Hashem. When was that wedding? That wedding was Bishas Matan Torah, during the giving of the Torah. Why was, it that, why was it at that wedding that the purpose of the world was realized? Because the Torah was given at Matan Torah, which is the blueprint of a person's life, which is to make a binyan adayat, to make, to make a home for yourself, and we are explaining that in order to fully comprehend this, in order to fully comprehend the Yom Tif of Matan Torah, which is a Yom Tif we're going into in a few days, one must look at the metaphor of his own marriage. He must look at the story of his own marriage. We need to understand very deeply what is marriage. And once we understand what means marriage... We will understand the purpose of our own life, our miniature life, our own life with husbands and wives, spouses with each other, which reflects ultimately on the cosmic marriage, on the macro marriage, on the bigger picture, which is the marriage between Hashem and the Jewish people, which is to make a home, to build an everlasting home on this earth for God. To make a binyan adaya, to make a dira betachtoinen, to build a home, to build a home, kedas moishiv Yisro. Just like you see a couple 
In the moment of their chuppah, you bless them. And you give them the meaning of their life, the meaning of what they're going to do together. Which is to build a home together. What you see at the moment of the chuppah, what you see at the moment of the chuppah is the beginning of enlightenment. It's the beginning of a marriage. But have they lived their whole life together already? Or is the roadmap being laid out for them? And that's why it's extremely important to go very deep into what is a marriage. Is the purpose of a person's life his chuppah? We say the purpose of a person's life is to make a dwelling place for God. A purpose for a person's life is that he should live him and his spouse and they should be one. And we say everything that happened in a person's life leads up to the chuppah. And it is this peak moment, the, the tense moment of the chuppah that a husband and wife come together And when they come together, it's for one moment in time. And then they see the purpose of their life. And when they see the purpose of their life, then they can live their life like that. You see a husband and wife, the moment that they become husband and wife, it's extremely important to know exactly what you're doing. It's extremely important to know exactly what's happening. Because the chuppah is the head of your life. The chuppah is your Rosh Hashanah, it's your Yom Kippur, it's your Matan Torah. It is the purpose of your life. But it's one moment in time. But it's one moment in time that will change your whole entire life. Because it's the moment in time when you and your spouse become one. You become one and you become inseparable. So we are explaining... That in order to fully understand the meaning of enlightenment, what the Balatanya is going to say over here, which is that you must be enlightened in your mind and you must be able to see that not by being attached to physicality, not by being attached to your animalistic drives, are you going to be enlightened? Are you going to have a life full of love, a life full of compassion? And we are explaining that the root of enlightenment, what he's talking about over here, is the enlightenment you experience by your own wedding. And it's the enlightenment that the Jews experienced by one moment at a time in Matan Torah. And we are saying, therefore, we have to go deep into what happened by the chuppah. 
whether it happened by you or it didn't happen by you, because it could happen right now. And we are explaining that the density of the moment of the chuppah, that led up to the moment of the chuppah, boy and girl have their own identities, their own vulnerabilities, their own sense of self that they're developing for many years. And then one day they stand at a chuppah. And at that moment, they're going to be covered up. The boy and the girl is not going to see each other. They won't see the self that brought each other to each other. The boy's eyes are closed, the girl's covered up, and the beauty, the externalities that brought them to each other are non-existent at that moment. And there's a tremendous tension, and there's a tremendous sensitivity, and there's a tremendous depth in the ear. And both the boy and the girl are thinking about the meaning of their life. They're thinking about the meaning of this moment. Which this moment in a physical sense is areat mikadeshasli. You are sanctified to me. Me and you become one unit. And we say the brachas as we explained yesterday. That those brachas start with the mineral kingdom. The vegetable kingdom which is the grapes. And then it starts with the animal kingdom, which is my sense of self, my animal, my selfishness, my personality, my ego, what I bring to the table, my personality, what I convey to you, what I show to you, what my shatchan tried to explain why you should marry me, and what your shatchan tried to explain why I should marry you. And that's what we bring to the table. And that's my covet, my separate sense of self, my selfishness. And why do I have selfishness? Why do I have an animal? And what do we say in that bracha? Because every sense of self, every every sense of selfishness, In the greater marriage, in the marriage between the Jewish people and God, why do I have a sense of self? Why do I have a body? Why do I feel separate from Hashem? All so I could give that to Hashem. So I could transcend above my animal and become human. I could be mahu rachem afatarachem. Just like God is compassionate, I can be compassionate. I could transcend above my animal. So we discover at the moment of Matan the moment of my chuppah, I discover that the true gift of being human means that we are one soul and we were put in two separate bodies for one reason, so we could give each other. Because it's not good for man to be alone. And the gift of marriage The gift of marriage is to transcend your selfishness, to transcend your animal, to have an animal so you could give your animal to another person. So you can give love to another person. And you cannot give love to another person if you are that person. And Adam and Chava were created in the image of man. Because Adam and Chava in the beginning were a Siamese twin. 
And one unit, one unit, which was man. Man is not male and female. When we say man, we do not mean that he's a man. When we say the word man, Yoytzer HaOdam, when we say the next bracha after Shakal Baruch we say Yoytzer HaOdam, we are not talking about the man who's standing by the chuppah. We are talking about the man and woman who's standing at the chuppah, which is known as human. It's known as Adam. Because Adam Arishin was created, was not a man. Adam Arishin was a Siamese twin. The first man was a male and a female. And they were one unit. But they could not love each other. Because they were one person that was full. Two heads. One was male, one was female, and that was one unit. And it was created like that in this world because that's the way it is spiritually. Because man and woman are one soul. But Hashem split it in half. He split Adam and Chava in half. They were first Adam and he split them in half and now they became male and female. And then the goal was for them to get married again. You have your sense of self, your sense of your identity, your sense of your personality. You're male, the other person's female, but you're one unit. In the beginning of time, in the beginning of actual creation in this world, which was Ganeiden, and even in the spiritual sense, you are one soul. And your goal is to feel a separate sense of self, so you could live in unity, so you could give that self to another person unconditionally. So when you look at a chasakala at a chuppah, you are seeing one unit. You are seeing Adam. There is no giver and a receiver. At that moment, there's no giver and receiver. There's one unit. The man's going to give to the woman. The woman's going to give to the man. They are both going to be givers. They are both going to be receivers. And they are both going to become one unit. They are going to live in unity. And it's despite my differences, and it's because of my differences, and it is my differences that I'm going to give to the other person. And that's going to create the ring of love. That's going to create the ring of unity, which that unity can only come about when there's a separate sense of self. And we are explaining that just like in the world, there's mineral kingdom, which is all objects that you see in front of you, which is your whole entire world that you see in front of you. It's your wedding hall. It's all the chairs. It's all the tables. It's where you, the dance floor, just like the wedding is full of mineral, most of the big wedding that you're sitting in by your chuppah is a big mineral place. And just like there's also vegetables, which symbolizes the flowers that are all around and the food that you're going to eat. And it also symbolizes your sense of self, your own vegetable. Your vegetables, vegetable kingdom is the only kingdom that does not have eyes. The vegetable and the 
Mineral is two kingdoms that does not have eyes. It's deeply internal. One is completely dead. The wedding hall, the floor, it's inanimate. It cannot move. The tables cannot move. The whole building cannot move, but it holds you. Most of this world holds you. So too, you have time in your day that's mineral. You're sleeping, you're brushing your teeth, you're in your car. Recreational, it just holds you. It's a big part of your day. 14 hours of your day, 12 hours of your day. You're doing things that you just need to do to hold. You've got to go to the bathroom, you need to brush your teeth. Those are inanimate things. They have no eyes. It has no, no life force even, it has no purpose. And then there's a separate part, a second part of your day, which is the vegetable part of your day, when you're alone, whether you're married or not, whether you have relationships with other people or not, where you're developing yourself, you're alone, you're speaking to yourself. A big part of a person's day, he's alone, he's vegetable, he's growing on his own. It's self-development, nobody knows what he's going through. It's deep inside, there's no eyes, there's no looking outward, it's inward. I know myself, I don't need to see myself, I only see outside. Inside, when you look at the vegetables, whatever vegetable it is, it's just growing. There's zero eyes, there's no eyes looking outward. Animal is where the eyes start. It's extremely important to realize this because a big part of life, you're vegetable, you're dealing with self-development. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So on my day of my chuppah, I bring my mineral, which is my recreational day that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. I'm going to have a big part of my day is going to be sleeping for the rest of my life. I have to sleep a certain amount of hours every night. I have to be in the car. I'm doing recreational activity. That's the mineral of my life. It's a big part of my life. And then I have my vegetable, which even though I'm getting married right now, I'm still going to live in this own body, separate. My own, I'm developing myself, Torah, mitzvahs, whatever I'm doing. I'm self-development, I'm growing, but it's internal. And then there's my animal. My animal is my sense of eyes that I could see you with my heart, with my personality. It's how you complete me. It's how I create all my relationships. My animal is me. No more, it's about myself. It's not about my self, self-growth. It's about myself, what I could get from everybody around me. My animal is what I could get from everybody around me. It's going to be a big part of my day also, but not as big as my self-development. It's going to be my self-interactions. My eyes now, now I start to see another person. And I look at every other person, I say, what are they going to give me? My children, how much nachas they're going to give me? And my community members, what they're going to give me? My sense of self, my animal. Where my heart uses my eyes. And in that sense, I'm similar to an animal. And everybody else in the animal kingdom is a dim. They are a law in me. Because my animal, my personality, wants to feed off, wants to grow off them. Because I'm no more thinking about myself, my own vegetable, how I'm growing. I'm looking at everyone else, like an animal looks. And I have an animal from my hip till my neck is my animal. My vegetable, my, my vegetable is from my heel till my hip. Where I'm rooted up and down. But my movement around, my interactions with people, that's my animal. And my animal, what does my animal want? My animal wants to propagate. My animal wants to make more. It wants to conquer. It wants to see you as something selfish. I'm going to take you. I'm going to have this friendship because what can I get out of you? That's my animal. Look at the animal kingdom. That's what goes on. I want to take you over. I want to... And the animal kingdom can be very vicious. It's about killing and eating and conquering and growing and propagating and that's it. It's finished. There's nothing more in the animal kingdom. 
And then I discovered that I'm human, which human is the ability to transcend from the animal. What's the meaning of my animal? So it's extremely important to see my life in front of me in four levels. My recreational, my sustaining, my sleeping. It's devoid of any life. I'm sleeping, I'm unconscious. Then my growing, I'm alone by myself. Then my experience, my feelings, my passion, my personalities, my third level, my animal. What can I gain out of you? And there's my human. What's the meaning of it all? The meaning, just the meaning of the animal. To stay an animal or to surrender the animal, to go a step heaven, to, to become godly, to become divine. So I can give you my animal. Do I have an animal? So I should remain an animal? That I take my human, my meaning of it all, my soul, my infinity that I have and use you? Or is my point of me having my feelings, my passion, my animal, my sense of self? So I can give that to you. Why did God create this sense of separation? Did He give that to us? So we could feel ourselves, so we can make a logo, so we can use that our ego, or so that we can give that to Him. Why do we feel separate from God? So we can discover God every moment, or so we should indulge in our animals, so we should live a life with my logo, my ego, where I could conquer you, I can make more money than you, I can have one moment in time where I'm going to be better than you. Or so I could give my sense of self to you. So we have a whole entire day. Most of my day is going to be mineral. It's going to be devoid of anything. I'm sleeping, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm in the car. And another part of my day, I'm self-development. I don't even see any other person. I'm dealing with my chitter-chatter in my mind. And then another part of my day, a big part of my day is my interactions and work, my social, my wife, my children. But it's all selfish. But then there's a few moments in my day when I'm davening, when I'm learning, when I'm doing kindness, when I'm doing charity. My simtoivim. Where I'm taking my animal and I'm sacrificing it. But I'm surrendering it. But I'm using it. But I'm splitting the sea. But I'm going divine. I'm similar to my creator. Where I'm taking my animal and I'm doing the opposite of what the animal kingdom does. I'm surrendering my animal. I'm doing charity. I'm focusing on the meaning of my life. What's the meaning of my animal? And then there's Yom Kippur. And then there's Shabbat Shabbat. And then there's Rosh Hashanah. Which is the meaning. The head of my life. Am I... Am I, what is my similarity to you at my chuppah? Is it my animal? Or is it my human? What are we doing by these Sheva brachas? Are we tapping into the human of us? The Adam la'elio in the Adam? The Yoytzer Adam? B'tzelem Mustaf Nisoy? What is man? Man is the infinity that's in my head. The infinity that's in my soul. It's one moment in time. It's making meaning of this whole world. It's going to be one moment in time. My chuppah is my head of my life. My chuppah is my enlightenment of my life. My enlightenment of this whole story. And that is the essence of what Matan is. That is the essence of what marriage is. That is the essence of what Yishka and Hashem is. Of course I have Chayim Basarim. Of course I have an animal. And I'm bringing that to the table. But I, the point is to make that animal human. To make that animal man. And to make that animal man, you have to make it in the image of God. And the image of God means you have to transcend the animal. You have to give the animal to the other person. Unconditional. And if you run after your own self, says the Balatanya, that's not going to be the path where your life is going to dwell. You're only going to be riddled with suffering and sorrow and pain. Because you're going to always wait for your spouse to complete you. But if you realize that the whole purpose of marriage is one moment at a time, that I could surrender me, my me to you, 
I can be there for you unconditionally, unattached. And the magic of that, the power of that is like the power of the chuppah. Where it blows away everything else. And the happiness of the chuppah, the marriage, of that wedding. The chas and the are not eating. They're not doing anything that everybody else is doing. Because the joy that they have in that moment is incomparable to the joy of eating. The joy that they have in that dancing is incomparable to anything else that everybody else is experiencing. Who's having more joy? The chas and kala or the people who are trying to make mesameach them? The people who are trying to be mesameach them, they're eating, they're drinking. But a person who lives with his chuppah his whole entire life does not need the food, does not need the materiality. The whole idea of the materiality is to give it to the other person. And if we can understand this idea of chuppah, we can understand what it means not to be attached to this world. To see this world and to surrender the world. Nobody obliterates, nobody obliterates their wedding. The wedding is near, the food is near. Everyone is eating, even the chasikala. But it's about love. It's not attached. It's a different life. And that's Matan Torah. That is the essence of a person's life. And that's the point of Yishkan Hashem that he's saying over here in this parak. That if you understand what the essence of marriage is, you understand that marriage is not about fulfillment. It's about fulfilling the other person, about giving yourself to the other person, which is the greatest gift of life that there could possibly be, the greatest gift of love, which is Yishkanoy Hashem, which is a love that's unattached, a love that's constantly continuous.